can't believe Steve is still hiding out in his cabin during the 80s cruise. This shtick is exhausted. It was funny three weeks ago, and now it just feels desperate and repetitive. Hey, Jen, what cabin is he in again? Probably whichever one has the loudest sobbing sounds coming from it. Oh, thanks. That, that narrows it down. Oh, um, that's got to be this one. I haven't heard wailing like that since the first Debbie Foreman interview. Hey, let me try this time. Steve, open up. It's lasagna, girl, and I want my peach lingerie back. Oh, harsh. I know, right? Steve, open up. It's uh, Natalie Diffenbaugh. I want you to share your bags of rum with me. Uh, I think you're mixing up your episodes and your hosts. Yeah, who cares? He deserves this. Plus, I really want those bags of rum. Steve, it's VGF. I want you to slowly read me the lineup to the 2017 80s cruise while I eat vegan prime rib. <laughs> Ooh. Vegas girlfriend? I can't believe you fell for that, dude. What the hell? Sorry, guy, but you needed it. Now start with the promo before people skip ahead to the podcast. <sighs> okay. This episode of Stuck in the Ease is brought to you by The 80s Cruise. Join Brad, myself, and dozens of friends from Stuck in the 80s on a seven-day cruise to the Western Caribbean. We leave in February 2017 on the amazing ship, the Celebrity Summit. Keep it going, brother. Every day features amazing activities like Big 80s Trivia, Purple Rain Night, Pop Icon Night, meet and greets with the original MTV VJs, pool parties, wine tastings, and performances by our favorite bands. More than we have time to name. We have plenty of time. Keep talking. Okay, okay. Join us for shows with Cheap Trick, Colin Hay, Belinda Carlisle, Howard Jones, Morris Day and the Time, Berlin, Men Without Hats, The Romantics, Debbie Gibson. Okay, okay, you can stop. You sound like you're about to pass out. Go to www.the80scruise.com for more information, and don't forget to use the promo code STUCK to save hundreds off regular rates. And to be invited to Mox Piercy each day when you see him on deck. Now you see, that's why I never leave my cabin. You promise not to write any more stupid skits about being locked in the cabin, or our mockery will never end. This is the 80s cruise, man. You have more important things to do. Yeah, Howard Jones says he wants to jam with you at the piano bar. He did? Sucka. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, and today we take one for the team and give you our collective review of the new reboot of Ghostbusters.
Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh did you I'm wanna, sorry. sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. With me as always, if this guy was in the new Ghostbusters movie, I'd say he's the willowy guy from Silicon Valley who gives tours of the Haunted Mansion. It's Brad in L.A. Everybody loves my trick candlestick, baby. Oh. I feel like a lawsuit waiting to happen. And uh, since we're talking about the female field flick today, it's only apt to invite Jen with one N to join us today. Hey, Jen. Hi, Steve. Uh, sorry. Hi, Steve. <laughs> I'm so I'm still in the skit, you know. Prisoner to the drama that is stuck in the 80s. Uh, so big weekend. It's opening weekend for Ghostbusters, the re- the remake that really nobody wanted, or at least nobody from the 80s wanted. Uh, we all agreed we would go see the movie on opening weekend and do a quick show. I don't know if it'll be quick, but we all did actually see the movie, right? You betcha. Yes. And there's some uh, there's some trash talking going on about the snacks that were consumed during said movie watching. Uh, Jen and I chose to partake of Reese's Pieces. Good. And for some reason, Brad has a problem with this. They're gross. In what way? They're just gross. They are. I don't like them. The official candy of the 80s. Uh, beg to differ. What is the? What, what do you what like? Is, yeah. Well, it's like? not that. Um, I like, I don't know. I like Twix. Didn't Twix come out in the 80s? Yeah. I mean, Snickers have been around forever. It's hard to go wrong those with are, the Snickers. That's, those are, that's not movie candy. Those are candy bars. Oh, oh, you want movie candy? Oh, movie candy. Oh, I don't eat mo- candy at the movies. Maybe yeah, Junior bring- Mints. Maybe uh, Milk Duds. Uh, your work is more cerebral than I expected. How, how do we all feel about the original? What role did the original 1984 movie play in each of our lives? Jen? I went with my best friend at the time, Jason, and I I think I was about 10, and I made him sit one seat apart from me, <laughs> just to like... Don't get any ideas, to make, old mister. Right, even, right, like we're friends. I haven't even friends. started we're my just, making out in theaters list yet. Right, exactly. That that There's time for that. So at the time, I was like, you know, one seat away, buddy. And I don't. I think it may have hurt his feelings, but but anyway, it was awesome. I loved it, and then I saw it on HBO five bajillion times afterward. Um, and it does. It has. It's a, there's a special place in my heart for this movie because it, it's a weird movie. Like it's a bizarre movie. You know, it, it's about hunting ghosts, and it's that's a weird thing when it's, it's a comedy. It's an odd premise. Yeah, it's an odd premise. Yeah. Steve, when did you see it? Where, what were the circumstances? I know we've talked about it, but I don't remember. Yeah, this is. I have conflicted feelings about Ghostbusters because I went on a date. Um, to see it at the Countryside Plaza Four, and it was a girl that I picked up when I was working at McDonald's. Some somehow, even though I was working behind the grill in a polyester outfit and a stupid hat, I was able to pick up this girl that was at the counter. Obviously, so, the mustache. It was the mustache, and so we went to see Ghostbusters, and um, and your skills on the bin, cheese on ten, well, please. <laughs> she um, the first she was dismayed that I think she liked the way I looked better. At work than in person. That didn't. That doesn't help your confidence. And then I guess at some point I dropped an F. She's like a fast food groupie. Yeah, yeah. If I, you know, she loves a man in a uniform. She's probably dated. She's probably married to a Chick Fil A manager now. But somewhere during the night, I dropped an F bomb or two, and she turned frosty after that. Mm. And then she kind of told me later that you know, I'm not so cool with you know vulgar language. And I'm like, what? I didn't think it. I mean, it wasn't like I said I want to. You, it, you know, it was so, it was something like, oh, you know, these. It was just, that could turn someone frosty. These sure. guys. It was just some, you know, it was an adjective, not a verb. <laughs> and that's, I still, I still, you know, I still, it was probably not cool. At the very end of the night, she gave me the, uh, the line. Well, if I never see you again, have a nice life. Let's 
show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That's, so that's Ghostbusters, wow. Okay, yeah, I didn't realize she that. She never bought fries from you again. Nope, that was, I never did see her at McDonald's again. Huh, weird. Probably saved a few of her years there for her on her lifespan. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Brad? So I'm, I'm sure I've told this story. Um, this was the summer before I moved to California, but I was working at the movies in Weatherford, Oklahoma, and we would get the films in on Thursday night. They would come into the Greyhound station, and we'd you know haul them up to the theater, and the guys would build them up, and we'd watch them late at night, like at midnight, or when you know as soon as we got everybody out of the theater, then we would you know we'd get some pizza and we'd play the new movie, like whatever the big release was for that weekend. So I have very distinct memories sitting in the theater with my like ten or fifteen coworkers. I knew nothing about the movie. I'd seen the poster, and I'm like, I, I don't get it. You know, I hadn't seen any trailers. And it just, it blew me away. It was so funny. Just, it's it's one of those, uh, one of those high points in a summer that was already full of high points. So it, it occupies a kind of a special place for me. I, I just, I love that movie. I love that movie almost as much as Winston Zeddemore loves that town. <laughs> okay, so we're going to fast forward 32 years to this weekend. Uh, Jen, when did, you, when did you see the movie? Did you see it Friday? I saw Thursday night, Thursday. actually. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And I live in Maine. And, and I know. Well, it was when I could get a babysitter. <laughs> but, well, respect but, for that. Respect for that. Yeah. So I went on Thursday night, and it was the first time since I, I'd lived in New York that I went to a, a show on opening night in the summer. And I was like, oh, this is like a summer blockbuster. And, you know, it's it's a 7 o'clock movie, so there'll be tons of people there. It's like crickets. Like, I don't know. It was me and my husband and maybe five or six other pairs really? or trios of people. Yeah, it was wow. really quiet. It was very strange. And I had like bought my ticket online and got there like, early. Let's get there like, early. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I saw it Thursday. I saw it um, Saturday morning, the first showing of the day. At, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning at the movie theater that's right next to my office. And I was probably one of only 10 people in the theater. Wow. Now, granted, I was watching. I did not go see the 3D version. I, I saw the regular version of it because yeah. they didn't have 3D in the 80s. They ain't having they 3D. They only had 2Ds. That's yeah. not true. That's not true. Jaws 3D. Um, there's some bad sci-fi that was in 3D. There are definitely yeah. some 3D movies in the 80s. Take that. Well, in back. any case, I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to pay the extra however much money to to see a movie that I barely wanted to see in the first place. <laughs> so. Uh, and I, I, and for some reason, the, it's, it's very hot in Florida these days, obviously, but it's in like the high 90s today. But I'm guessing they only turned on the AC in, in the theater maybe Around 10 noon. minutes before I got there. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I sat there in a pool of my own sweat for like three quarters of the movie. It was that did not add to the experience at all. Your Reese's pieces were like melting in your fingers. Yeah, it was like a Reese's uh, peanut butter cup by the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, that would be uh, better. I, yeah. Stop it with the Reese's Pieces hate. It's beneath you. Just don't like them. Uh, uh, so, Brad, when did so you see it? I took my son, Cameron, and I went and saw it yesterday. I guess, well, we went to the first non-3D showing at our local theater. So it was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and the theater, it wasn't full, but it was more than half full. So, mm. you know, that was uh, that was a good sign, I thought. Yeah, I had zero interest in seeing this or pretty much anything in 3D. You know, just makes my eyes cross. <laughs> okay, let's get let's get down to it. Was there any of the three of us who was actually really looking forward to seeing this movie? 
I was looking forward to seeing this movie. I wouldn't say really looking forward to it, but yeah, I was looking forward to seeing it. It, it felt like a class assignment for me. It maybe it may that's what... Because I, I never go to the movies at all anymore. Uh, well, that was my next question, is what's the last movie you've been to before that? Because I'm terrible about going to the movies now. Well, I saw Star Wars last year when it came out. But beyond that, it might have been a special screening of... Uh, Ghostbusters two years ago. That might have been the last one before then. Yeah. So uh, here's my take on it. I'm going to get this out of the way right now. It's not terrible, but it's also not funny. It's not worth $10, and it's not worthy of the talent that was brought together for this movie. Um, I disagree with you. I think it is funny. Um, it's not hilarious, I don't think, but I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it. My son enjoyed it. Both of us kind of turned to each other and were like, yeah, that was okay. It wasn't, you know, both of us were like, well, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to show me something here, um, to get me on board because it is a beloved movie, but I, I thought it was fine. It's not amazing, but I thought it was fine. I don't know if that's damning it with faint praise, but (laughs) I thought that this movie was also fine. (laughs) I, I, I was more disappointed because, so I like to go see the movies. I like to go to the movies and, um, I was really looking forward to this, not as a Ghostbusters remake or even that there were women in there or anything like that. It was more about the people who were in it and who made it. Like Paul Feig, I think he's so talented. And Katie, I think you say Dippold is how you pronounce it, who wrote it. I mean, I loved Bridesmaids. I loved The Heat. I love Melissa McCarthy. I love Kristen Wiig. So all those elements, like that's why I was excited to go see it. I was excited to go see a Paul Feig comedy. Okay. Not really so. And, and the Ghostbusters thing was kind of like frosting. But um. But yeah, I was disappointed by that too. It was sort of like, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I thought it was mildly amusing and there were some funny parts, but um, not not like the original where there was just all kinds of humor, but in, in unexpected places. Just, I don't know. It was a, what's that phrase where you cap, capturing lightning? Capturing lightning in a bottle. Yeah. 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 And, and you're absolutely right. First. I mean, I, 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 I was talking to Drew a little bit about it earlier and I said, you know, it felt like it was a lot of little jokes instead of one big joke. Yeah, that's like, the way of describing like like TV show writing rather than big blockbuster movie writing. I, I mean, I there are a lot of things I like about it, but there isn't anything that like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Well, the thing is, I I love Paul Feig movies too, um, and I've I've enjoyed everything that Melissa McCarthy has done up till now. I just think some, I mean, there's there's some jokes in this movie, and I don't know if I ever had an audible laugh during the movie, but it wasn't through anything that the main characters did. Uh, I have, and, and before anyone even like suggests it, it is not a female thing. I mean, to me, this is a great idea, you know, change it to an all female cast and have four of the most amazing comedians. You, you've automatically are, passed the Bechdel test. Right. It doesn't, these are, I mean, these are the four, four of the funniest people out there right now. Yeah. So I, it makes complete sense for the, the casting, but, complete the circle and and write a funny script and it just it just i mean oh man i was just it was it was as awkwardly disappointing as i thought it would be oh steve what would it have taken for so you would have you wanted a funnier I want a couple you, wanted, laughs. you wanted funnier you wanted funnier script for ten dollars i want to spit at reese's pieces or you know at least one row of seats you know but i, I, I want you to spit them at at brad <laughs> I want. I, I mean, is that too much to ask for? I no, mean, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not attacking you. I'm asking you what would have brought it in for you. 
some, it, so you feel like everything else it. was there? Like the, I, I thought the cast was good. I think I like what they did with the story. There are a lot of obviously sure. they're, they're working with they're working with a known quantity. I felt like they they walked the line of of slavishly pulling stuff into the movie versus doing some new things pretty well. Um, but yeah, it could have been funnier. <laughs> you know, you know the funniest part. I, I, I'm sitting here thinking about it because one of the things I love the most about this movie, or one of the things I liked about this movie was that it, it did show proper reverence to the 1984 movie. And when they're looking for a, a place to open up their Ghostbusters office, the first place the realtor shows them is, of course, the original firehouse that the 1984 movie was based in. Yeah. And they love it. It's great. They're going to take it. But no, it's it's $21,000 a month for rent. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know we're, we're giving some spoilers out there now. Um you guys are either going to see this movie or not, you know, and, and it's a couple of spoilers isn't going to hurt your feeling. So, so obviously they, they don't end up paying $21,000 a month and they end up somewhere else. But that might have been the, the one first real laugh I had out of the movie where I was like, okay, that's, that's smart. Yeah. You know, there were a couple things I thought about it. And I, one of them I just realized now. One was that the original Ghostbusters had the relationship between Venkman and Dana. Between Sigourney Weaver's character and uh, Bill Murray's character, and that carried so much of the movie in my mind. You know, that was such a—I don't know—if it, it felt like a love story between the two of them. Plus, yeah, and it drove the plot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like that was missing a little bit in this one, and in, in this one too. I just realized that it, it, it's the more modern, cynical take where nobody believes in ghosts and it's all a hoax. And I think what I what was so much fun about the first one is like everyone, you know, all the hardened New Yorkers were like, yeah, there's ghosts, you know. What I yeah, mean? totally. It was much more. It was way more fun that way. And and this one felt a lot more like one of my complaints is it felt super processy. Like here's cool gadgets to kill the, you know, to capture the ghosts. And yeah. it was a lot more about because in the first one you're like blah blah ghosts blah blah captive, you know, whatever yeah. the open the trap, the, close the trap, don't look at it. Awesome, right? Yeah, like we yeah. can all understand that. We can, at ten year old or forty year old, we can all understand that logic. But the movie was like more about the the physics of it, and like I mean, not deeply, but but still, there was a lot more process, and uh, the process was sort of like like you said, Steve, taking the place of the laughs a little bit, which is not yeah. what I was looking for. When it was drama ish, when it was when it was about the drama or the action, I actually was more invested in the movie. You know, I mean, there's a part where Kristen Wiig's character talks about the first time she sees a ghost, you know, and how yeah. nobody believes her. And that's like this really halfway poignant moment. And I was just like, you know, a little trick. My eyes got a little moist there, you know, almost. Uh, and in the action scenes, I, I'm invested. But when, but boy, when they try to be funny, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, when your dad will crack a joke and you're like, oh, dad, oh. Yeah, that, that's what it felt like sometimes. Well, and I do feel like Kristen Wiig as the straight person, straight man, setup lady, whatever you want to call it. She, I think they wasted her in that. She is so funny. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Now everyone's I thought talking. Patty, Patty was the best. I thought I, I would name her the the MVP of the movie. She the Les, fourth Leslie Ghostbuster. Jones. Yeah, Leslie Jones. Oh my Jones. gosh, she was hilarious. She was the funniest one. I thought. Yeah, yeah. me too. There was all this talk that I had read about. I had read, I had read a couple of reviews before the movie started, and everybody was praising Kate McKinnon 
um, saying this is gonna this is her breakout movie role. I thought and she was very funny. I really liked her character. She was good, but I guess I I went in there expecting too much. And I thought, well, because I love her on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, the whole uh, space alien abduction skit that they did last year. I mean, I must have pissed my pants laughing so hard at it. But did and, you spit um, Reese's pieces? <laughs> I I can't remember the last time I ate those. To be honest, I mean that was why it was such a treat for me. But I just thought, you know, she she mugs for the camera a little bit and. I just think it was wasted. Yeah, I just thought, oh my gosh, what a great, what a great cast. And then the script just doesn't. And you know, you know how you know how you know that it, it's a bad movie. They show all these sort of like um, oh, extra scenes, I guess, for lack of a better term, during the credits, the closing credits, and you're seeing all these little snippets of film where you're like, oh, so that's what would have happened next in that scene. Like right. they, they must, they must have shot twenty five miles worth of film and used two miles worth of it. Well, that that's kind of how it works, uh, you know, in the whole movie making thing. But I, I, I will disagree with your premise that this is a bad movie. Okay. Well, I mean, like, like, like we said in the last show when we were talking about great soundtracks to bad movies, it's subjective to a certain case. Uh, um, I did like the fact that the cast took a couple shots or co- took a couple acknowledged anyway. You know, the hatred on the internet yeah. towards. The project. Was there was funny. a couple tongue-in-cheek re- references to that, and that was clever. Um, that was cool. I liked that too. Yeah. So, as far as you were talking about casting, I loved all the. Um, there was a ton of people that are just you know I'm a, a little bit of a comedy nerd, and the, the people in it um, in supporting roles were great. Like Zach Woods as the tour guide at the beginning, he was great. Um, Matt Walsh, also from Upright Citizens Brigade, was great. Cecily Strong, Nate Cordry. Um, I don't know if you guys watch Veep, but there's a character named Richard Splett who I would watch all day long. He's hilarious in that way. Oh, he yeah. was the uh, security guard downstairs. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. spo- spoiler. He was the security guard Gosh, downstairs. Darn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Sam Richardson, I guess is his name. Th- I guess that's it, too, is, you know, you've got the writer, the director, the stars, and then all these fun supporting people. And you're just like, I should have been crying from laughing so hard. And it just didn't. Yeah, I was barely laughing out loud, which, you know, again, it was fine, but a little bit of a disappointment. If it hadn't been a Ghostbusters movie, if it had been a, any other movie that just, you know, happened to be set in New York or whatever, I'd, I'd still be disappointed in it. I mean, my disappointment does not come on a Ghostbusters level. It comes on a just a wasted talent could have been, been better. Yeah, well, should have been better. It's funny because that was my next question is, do you think, I, I don't know how you can, how you can even answer this question. So that's why it's fun to ask it instead of answer it. But do you think that if this was the first Ghostbusters movie, would it would it spawn a sequel? Would people even go and see it? No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't know. No. I mean, the, the I think it would be. Yeah, I mean, I think that this movie is always. I mean, from day one, is trading on its equity in Hollywood, right? As part of the title, uh, and minus that, I mean, that's such a huge part of what it is. It's hard to separate those two things. I don't know. Like I said, I enjoyed it, but I don't think, well, I've already said I never go to the movies, but I don't think this would have got me into the theaters if it wasn't for um, that Your hook. Your homework. Yeah, that hook. Oh. oh, no, I was I was fun to go to the movies with my son. I'm like, hey. So let me ask you, your son is 16, 17? 17, yeah. And he has seen the original? Absolutely, yes. How did he, how did he feel about it? So going into it, he was pretty upset. He's like, why are they remaking this? The first one is so good. And you're like, look, I don't know. It's Hollywood. If that's what they do. But when we were on our way out, he's like, you know what? I enjoyed that. That was fun. I liked it. 
Um, he's, and, you know, he and I kind of talked about it and kind of came to the same conclusions that we thought it could have been funnier, but that it was still funny. We both laughed at places. We both enjoyed, uh, you know, enjoyed what they did with it, uh, you know, kind of tried to take it for what it was instead of trying to project what it wasn't onto it. But uh, I do say I, I, I understand that a large percent of our audience is like pitchforks and torches angry about this movie. And to you, I say, find another windmill. Um, <laughs> you know, this it's just, you know, that your love for your love and my love for the original Ghostbusters cannot be cannot be tainted by anything if it has not been tainted by Ghostbusters 2. If you want to get mad about a Ghostbusters movie, that's a naked cash grab. Uh, I would Is rather that, watch that the sequel? Ghostbusters. Yes. And it's so I'm just bad. Kidding. I just pretend I pretend yeah. that's not I hadn't I hadn't seen it until we did the Ghostbusters podcast a couple of years ago. And now I know why. <sighs> I, I I don't think this movie's any worse or any better than Ghostbusters 2. Oh, are you kidding me? It is so much better than Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2 is a freaking cartoon. Everybody in the cast is phoning it in. The script is terrible. It's bad uh-huh. top to bottom. Uh, I would agree with everything you said. And I would say the same thing about this Ghostbusters, except for the fact that Ghostbusters 2 at least had Vigo, which was great. I this doesn't not, even have Vigo. I would not say this is bad top to bottom. It's, it's not bad. It's just, it's just, it's okay. It's just I, I would not, I would, I don't think I would um, name Vigo as an asset. I just, <laughs> I, I agree. I hated that movie so much and I was ready to love it. And I mean, like even the Bobby Brown song makes me hurl. It's awful. <laughs> Awful. I like the Bobby Brown song. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, well, I know. I know I've really hit the the dregs when I'm sitting here defending Ghostbusters 2. But, just, uh, I've, been, I've been saving that one for the right moment in the show. Let's all give the movie a final grade before we move to the Seggies. Uh, Brad, what is your final letter grade for this movie? I'm going to give it a B-. minus. Jen? Whew. I think... Um... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I would give it a B minus two. I just want to add one more thing and Drew's not here. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that. But Footloose, awesome movie. Um, the remake, I was a little pitchforky about like, oh, I can't believe they're remaking this movie. It was made, and I don't have any doubt that Paul Feig and Allison Jones, the casting director and, and, and Katie Dippel, like, I don't doubt that they didn't love the first one, but the person, and I don't know who it was that remade Footloose improved it like brought it into current day things about the first one that were bad and didn't make sense were improved in the second one and what was i'm mentioning it because it's possible to do um but also because it updated it in the same universe like the footloose movie the first one happened in the second one like they knew i don't know facts about the story yeah, they knew the story. They huh. knew like the dance that you, you know what I mean. Like it, it was it, they existed later on in was that there, like, same a kind rusted of rusted out reality? VW Bug in a field someplace, and they all like the guy that drove that. He started. I don't. It all. I don't recall <laughs> no. that scene happening. No, I'm pretty happen. sure that scene didn't. Maybe it was um, no. cut on the you know cutting room floor. But yeah. but this one, like I think it would have been fun if you know, the Ghostbusters had existed and then everybody's like, oh, that's so hokey. Like if there had been, if it had been more self-referential or if it had been, you know what I mean? Like if it still existed. Like they had run enough towards it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Instead, because this feels like, 
I don't really know the difference between an update or a reboot. I don't, that might be synonymous, but it did. It felt like unnecessary because it wasn't playing enough, I think, with the story that we all know so well. And it wasn't enough for them to like echo lines from the old one. That just felt like fan service to me. And I really, I don't like that. Um, I would have liked it if this had been 20 years later. I, I, I think it's 20 years later. What is it? 30 years later. Um, so don't that, look at the calendar. Nothing good can happen. Right. Yeah, right. But um, but that they had existed in the same reality, I w- it would have been better, I think. I might have even given it a B. But anyway, yeah, I would say B-. Uh, final grade from me, C-. And that's not good enough. But you know what is good enough? The Seggies. Ah, the mystical sound of reader mailbag. We got a lot of uh, emails this last week, um, probably because the Seggies were so easy on our last show, but also because we invited everybody to talk about um, what their favorite bad movies are with uh, great soundtracks. So here are some of the letters. Uh, Brad, why don't you do the honors? Okay, this first one is from Stony Stitt. He writes, hello, class of 85 brethren. Woohoo, class of 85 in the house. <clears throat> okay. That was me. I was thinking about your last podcast, Bad Movies with Good Soundtracks, and I think 1982's Summer Lovers would be a decent Ugh. flick to pick. Oh, Steve is now curling up in a ball. Well, let's hear Stony out. Not only does it have good non-LP songs from established artists like Tina Turner and Elton John, but it also ushers in the Pesh Mode, Heaven 17, and Prince. Then there's Chicago's Hard to Say I'm Sorry, a song that made such an imprint upon its release that I bet both of you can remember specific things about that summer just by hearing it now. And don't forget the Pointer Sisters. I'm so excited, though technically it is not on the soundtrack. Lest you doubt that Summer Lovers was a truly bad movie, it does have a 0% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Still stuck in the 80s, Stony Stitt. Uh, well, I, I don't know. Jen, did you see Summer Lovers? I feel like I did on Cinemax, or I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. It was a great letter, though. Cinemax After Dark. Yeah, it's not a great movie, but when you're 13 years old or whatever, and you know you have to rely on HBO for your pornography, it's it it does the trick. So probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Should not have said that. Well, I've heard you talk about it, Steve. I don't think I've ever. Seen um, it. it's not great. I'm familiar with it. It's not great, but it's a typical summer movie in the '80s. There's nothing of its inherently time. wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think it holds up real well. But what you know, few movies do. But yes, I will definitely consider adding that to a future installment of um, bad movies with great soundtracks. What's our next letter? Our next letter is from PJ Vrecha, who writes, Dear Brad and Steve and Drew and Jen, thank you for another wonderful podcast. I think a bad movie with a great soundtrack you might consider mentioning is 1987's Light of Day with Michael J. Fox and Joan Jett. Hmm, another Michael J. Fox appearance. Interesting. Hmm. He continues, if you shouldn't try to make a rock star an actor, maybe making an actor a rock star might be just as big a mistake. As far as other movies from 1986 that you should honor on the podcast, might I suggest One Crazy Summer, Running Scared, Sweet Liberty, About Last Night, The Golden Child, Gung Ho, and Lucas. Now, I think he's saying they're just to talk about, not that they have, right, not right, that they're right, bad. Right. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Okay. And then he continues to, to flatter us. Thank you for all that you do. Ah, oh, what a guy. Awesomely stuck in the 80s, PJ Vereccia. 
I can't believe he name checks Sweet Liberty. I don't think anyone. Sweet I don't know that anybody besides me that, ever saw that. Is that Alan Alta? Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the, in the Revolutionary theater. War. You saw that in the theater? And I didn't even make out at the time. No, I, I'm a big Alan Alda fan. Um, He's great. If I can say that out loud. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I like it. I like the list of movies he's got going on here. I'll talk about, about last night all, all day long. I love oh, all those too. Brat Pack movies. Yeah. 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 Um, excellent. Yeah. Those are, um, I don't know about, um, Light of Day we talked about in a previous podcast once. We did, I think, a, a series of podcasts on, Actors turn rock stars, rock stars turn actors. I, I know we mentioned Light of Day then, but certainly deserves mention again. Okay, um, one more email. We've got one more here, and it is from our listener in North Dakota. <clears throat> Brock in North Dakota writes, I think you guys missed the boat with bad movies with great soundtracks. My vote would have been for the almost unwatchable Maximum Overdrive. Mm, good pick. <laughs> Up to this point, Stephen King's screen adaptation set the bar very high with previous movies such as Carrie, Cujo, The Shining, and Firestarter, to name a few. Then Stephen King tried his hand behind the camera, making his one and only attempt at directing from an adaptation of a short story he penned titled Trucks. Maximum Overdrive has a 17% Rotten Tomatoes approval rating and was nominated for two Razzies, one for Worst Actor, Emilio Estevez, for his portrayal of the movie's hero, Bill Robinson, and a second for King himself as Worst Director. They both would have probably won the prestigious award if it wasn't for Prince saving the day with Under a Cherry Moon. And there we have our... And then we get a requisite Prince reference. Yeah, uh, that's how you get your show. That's how you get your letter read on this show. If Jen's here, it's a Prince reference. You know, the movie didn't go well when in a later interview, King himself stated he was coked out of his mind all through its production and he really didn't know what he was doing. The movie had a budget of $9 million and made $7.4 million at the box office. Hmm. That, I think we can all agree, is bad. The saving grace, however, is the soundtrack. If you like ACDC, I have a sneaky suspicion you will like the soundtrack. ACDC provided an original song, Who Made Who, and a couple less-known short instrumentals. Then the rest of the soundtrack is pretty much ACDC's greatest hits with songs Hell's Bells, You Shook Me All Night Long, Shake Your Foundations, Right On, and For Those About to Rock. To this day, every time I hear Who Made Who, I can't help but picture a semi with a goblin's face circling around a truck stop. As an aside, I think a decent future episode would be ranking the Stephen King movie adaptations in the 80s. Keep up the good work, Brock in North Dakota. Uh, we love your letters. Uh, keep them coming. The address is to send them to you, Steve at SIT80s.com or Brad at SIT80s.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. Hey, we'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s, and if you can get it right, you're entered into the drawing for a stuck-in-the-80s bottle opener. I presume we have some left, right? Yeah, I do. I got another, um, by the way, I got another retro 80s pop box today in the mail. Okay. And it has, um, what did it come with? It came with a flyer for the 80s cruise in it, which I thought was smart. That is smart. Um, it came with a t-shirt that said, uh, nobody puts baby in the corner, which I will obviously never wear. Oh, I have that shirt. <laughs> well, I was going to offer it to you, but now I guess I can offer it to one of our other seven female listeners. Um, and it, but it does come with something, uh, st- stay gold pony boy little mini poster. So maybe you'd like that. Yes, please. Yes, please. Um, so anyway, you'll get a bottle opener if you win uh, the drawing. Pay attention. Here's the clip from our last show. Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? 
A what? A plethora. Ah, yes, that's three amigos. I'm pretty sure I've used three amigos like three or four times now. <laughs> we might have used that actual clip before. Really? Well, I don't. You feel know what? About it's, it. it's summer. God, take it easy. What's with all the homework? Have you <laughs> used the lip balm clip? Lip balm? No, that's no. that's a sight gag. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> it doesn't really work if you don't see the water pouring out on the ground. All right, all right. <laughs> I do okay, love that uh, moment. That's one of my favorite moments in the movie. I, I think my favorite was, oh, great, you shot the Invisible Swordsman. Anyway, Brad, um, I apologize, but a lot of people got this one right. So um, take a deep breath and go at it. That doesn't sound right either, does it? It's fine. Just read the winners. <laughs> okay, winners this week include Chris in Kansas, Todd in Minnesota, PJ Vereccia, John in Phoenix, Jonathan Thompson, Mike Walters in the greater San Diego area, Kevin Serving Wench. Beat Poet J, Eric in Cincinnati, Chile, X Brew in Penn, Matt from Connecticut, Kurt in Dirty Jersey, Brock in North Dakota, Jason Bilski, Carol Jansen, DJ in Clinton, Terry Kemp in Western Australia, Tom, give me your clothes in Austria, Aaron Shaw in Alberta, Canada, Chad Ledoux, Jesse Big Cat Smith, Kevin Farrell, and Steve Crosby, who says, Greatest film about down-and-out cowboy actors becoming real cowboys ever. Wow. Pay attention. Here's our clip for this week. A bunch of things must have gone wrong if you're listening to this. If you know it, email us at steve at sit80s.com or brad at sit80s.com. Uh, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Um, again, we will play a little tiny piece of a song from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for the bottle opener. Pay attention. Here's the clip from last show. That's Hysteria by Death Leopard. I'm amazed at how many people got the band right and the song wrong, by the way. Oh, yeah? Really? Did you get a lot of uh, false starts in that one? A lot of false starts. But um, but we st- a lot of still people got still, it right. Still, so. we got a... Yeah, it's like two paragraphs of winners here. I know. And normally, you know, a lot of people this week, by the way, got both of them right. But as you know from previous shows, if you're a longtime listener, uh, we, if you get them both right, I'm, I'm going to choose which category you go in. I usually don't torture... Uh, Brad was saying the same names over and over again. So. You know, it's it's funny you would say that because before the show, I went through the notes and made sure that everyone that I had gotten for both of them was in both of them. So apparently, oh, so I'm we, working. I'm working at cross purposes to you. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Actually, as I look at it now, I can see you're going to say some names more than once. So. It's okay. Hey, you know, credit for the work. <laughs> Do the work. Get the credit. Name some names. I'm gonna. I'm gonna name names. Winners this week include Irish Dave in Orlando, Todd Richie Cunningham, Charles from Yorktown, Anonymous Dave in Texas, Oswaldo Jimenez, Mark Denny, John Hayes, Peter Ryan in Montreal, 
Alex Sticks, Cardoso Solis, Carol Jansen, Bernie the Dutch Oven Lindemann in Sydney, Australia, Joe in Michigan, Heather Brown from Tennessee, Dan in Omaha, Kevin Isaacson, Kevin Eleven, Cal in Arizona, Beth in Tacoma, Washington, Jesse Big Cat Smith, Scott in New Hampshire, Christian Lopez, Peter Ryan, Joseph Perdue, Matt from Connecticut, Colin in Spokane, and Deja and Steve Ramos in one combined entry. Nice. Yeah. Did I did I read somebody twice there? Yeah, Peter Ryan. Yeah, Peter Ryan. Lucky you, Peter. Sorry, <laughs> Peter. You do not get an extra entry in the drawing. Spin the wheel. Let's see who gets the opener. And it looks like the bottle opener is going to Charles from Yorktown. Excellent. Charles, send us send us your uh, snail mail address, and we will send you a bottle opener. Pay attention. Here's this week's song. If you know it, you know the email addresses by now. And then tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Enjoy extra sugar-free gum. You get extra flavor, extra fun. Get extra sugar-free gum. Extra, the only leading sugar-free gum with NutraSweet, gives you extra refreshing flavor that lasts an extra, extra, extra long time. Extra flavor for that extra long glide. Extra flavor for that extra long glide. When you chew it. Extra last, extra long. have just a few minutes left i thought we'd talk about some of the cameos from the original ghostbuster stars i think everyone's in the movie except for rick moranis yeah uh harold ramus puts in a appearance as a bust which i thought was a nice nod and that's early yeah i thought that was really sweet rats i missed that it's right outside kristen wiggs office in the first scene that's who that is i remember looking and thinking who's that guy but okay thanks yeah (laughs) no i mean I thought it was nice at the end when they when they had the dedication to him at the very end of yeah, the credits. Which, that was if nice. you haven't seen it and you're still listening to the to the to the spoiler part, um, stay till the end. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was a nice touch too. I saw that. And while we're on the subject of the Ramuses, Ramus's daughter actually says that um, she does not appreciate all of the anger towards this movie. Um, you know, and she doesn't understand the rage about it and kind of wishes people would let up on it. Well, I mean, I don't agree with that. I mean, sorry. I mean, we, everyone has the right to their opinion and, um, I considered a, a sign of respect for her dad's work that nobody wanted it to be redone. I know this is about cameos, but as the person who's, who's the female, um, for this female fueled episode, <laughs> um, sorry, this movie, I think what people are getting pissed off about is certainly what I was getting pissed off about was not the fact that fans were saying all that garbage, but the way they were saying it, a lot of people were being just straight up sexist and violent and awful. And that was what I didn't appreciate. You know what I mean? Like there, it's one thing for, for fans to defend this beloved piece of work. Like I totally get that. I think what, was at issue was that the way people, not everyone, but the way some groups of people, usually men, were just being terrible, 
awful people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and, oh yeah. And so I, I, I think that's part part of it that you can't ignore. There's there's this weird thing going on now, and it's been going on for about I mean for longer than a year, but or there's just I mean the anger and the hatred that's on the internet these days is just way beyond toxic level. Yeah, and, and toward this, women in particular, this is like right. awful. Like, like I'm gonna come to your house and rape you. Like, that's not acceptable. You know what's yeah, great no, about the 80s? You know what's great, really great about the 80s, you guys? No internet. <laughs> it's a certain amount of truth <laughs> to that. Well, you did great. have CompuServe, but it wasn't really quite the same. You had yeah, CompuServe. <laughs> yeah, you did, Mister Nerdly. But uh, so some of the other cameos I thought oh, that worked and didn't work. Um, Dan Aykroyd shows up as a cabbie. Yeah, and he he has like three lines. Kind of, uh, kind of lame. I thought. Um, what do you guys think about Ackroyd? I thought he was okay. I thought he was better than Bill Murray. I didn't like Bill Murray's cameo. Oh god, Bill Murray's cameo is awful. Yeah, We're, I agree. I thought um, among the best of them was. Um, oh gosh, what's her name? She like fought aliens and yeah, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I thought hers was yeah. great. I enjoyed. She hers. shows up. It's in the credits, isn't it, that she shows up finally? Bill Murray is a skeptic, like a, a well-known skeptic who appears in the movie. He has a fair number of lines. He has actually the biggest role among the former Ghostbusters. Um, but you could tell he's not happy about being there. I found it uh, confusing, his cameo, because it was so early in the movie. And I wasn't sure, again, if if they were playing in the same reality as the, the first two. Oh, so when yeah. he came on, I was like... Is, I don't get it. Like, He's a noted I mean, specialist. Get, Wait, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so I got a little confused. But I, I thought the best um, cameo was Winston, right oh, at the really? end, who plays uh, Patty's uncle. And it's funny because the, the everybody in the audience that I was in, and it was a small crowd, as I mentioned, but everybody was like, oh. Like, was <laughs> That's right. I feel bad for it that guy. It was so funny. And we were all like, I mean, again, like he was sort of like the extra Ghostbuster toward yeah. the end, but. But yeah, everybody responded the like most audibly in my audience to him. So then when um, Sigourney Weaver came on at the very end, I was like, oh, I mean, I, I guess that kind of makes sense. Is she going to show up or not? And then I realized part of it was because it was the female Ghostbusters. Maybe that's what they did, too, was sort of like leave the female star of the original till the very end. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, just, yeah. A, just a theory. Was, now, was that in the credits? I don't remember because we did stay just to see if anything interesting happened in the credits. Uh, it just, yeah, I stayed all the way to the very end, too. Just, it, the credits go on for almost 20 minutes, it feels like, because they show all these outtakes. You were already unhappy to be outside of your apartment, Steve. So <laughs> There's a certain amount of truth to that. Um, I'm trying to be more social, but it's not working out for me also well. Um, these, these, all these crazy, stupid skits that I do at the beginning of the show... <laughs> Those are a cry for help. They're, they're, they're reinforcing uh, behavior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so weird that they're not uh, working better. Sorry, that was obnoxious. Sorry. Maybe if we <laughs> were better out, actors. No, no, we're leaving that. Maybe if we were better <laughs> actors. Yeah, true. Anyway, so there it is. Ghostbusters, take it or leave it. Um, it's certainly going to be a controversial topic um, for the summer. And um, we each have to decide for ourselves. Is it worth 10 or 15 bucks? Interesting movie. I'm kind of glad they did it. But um, I wish they'd done it better. So, Jen, thanks for joining us. Thank you, as always. I'm, gonna say, I'm not going to send you the the, the uh, baby shirt now. You have to find somebody else. But I'll take that uh, poster. 
you can have the you can have the poster. Oh yeah. my gosh, we didn't even say the one big cameo. Who's that? Slimer. Oh, oh, oh my, my gosh. Oh, yeah, that was that was. And I think he really had a girlfriend good. or something. He did. It was amazing. <laughs> Slimer that got actually, the hookup. Yeah, that actually was pretty cool. We're going about this all wrong. He's a sailor. He's in New York. <laughs> oh well, the Marshmallow Man's there too. We yeah, didn't mention that. That's true. You see him for oh, a few true. minutes. That's so true. yeah, no, I mean overall, I appreciate the nod to the '80s. You know, I, I appreciate it. I just wish, you know, a few more laughs. Yeah. So. And uh, you know what? If if it's if you don't feel like shelling out for the movies, you know, it's going to be on TV. You know, plop down, watch it, pop some yeah. corn, pop some corn, and and watch it that way. I wouldn't buy the DVD, maybe, but watch it on TV. Watch it on a plane. I would watch it on a plane. Oh, yeah, on a in plane. A oh, this is a, a solid plane movie. You'll yes. get off you'll the plane. Left. You'll be crying of one, how wonderful it is after you watch it. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Hey, thanks, guys, for joining us. Um, along with Slimer, Jen, and Brad, who remain here, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a Class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly. <laughs> I want a new drug. <laughs> Cameron turns to me during the credits and said, who do you think they licensed that from? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>